This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 111, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, October the 16th. Welcome to the show. This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 111. This is our comic reviews episode for Wednesday, October the 16th, I, or at least releases from that date. I'm Adam Chapman, your host, and thanks again for joining us. Um, so on these review shows, I do uh, quick rapid-fire reviews of a number of books that came out in the previous week. Um, now, I've, I usually editorialize and say I used to do 20 to 25 reviews a week, but now that I have... Um, an almost eight eight week year old eight week old son. Uh, that time is no longer mine to spend. Um, so I'm, if I'm lucky, I get maybe ten reviews in, um, or at least read ten books, and then I talk about those books. Um, and unfortunately, this is going up on the twenty second, so it's a little late. I usually like it to go up on the on the Sunday or the Monday after a, after a release week. Um, anyways, I'll just jump right into today's uh, focused books. We have Avengers number twenty one. Uh, this is another tie-in to Infinity. It's by Jonathan Hickman, um, who, who continues to tell quite a tale. It's by our work by Lionel Francis Yu, and so far the new Avengers issues are the ones that are more about the uh, the Thanos-related Infinity aspects, and the Avengers tie-ins are more about the kind of the macro conflict with the builders that's been going on in Infinity. Um, Lionel Francis Yu acquits himself quite well in this book. Um, there's some interesting moments. Um, that being said, I don't necessarily think that this is that memorable book. Um, it's it's good. It's it's a solid read. Um, you get a little bit of recap as to what happened recently in uh, the main kind of Infinity book. Uh, there's a, a lot of fighting. I do like how the kind of the war is being illustrated in terms of or how it's being put together and uh, depicted. Um, some big moments kind of happening. Uh, it's such a crazy book, though. There's so many concepts and ideas, and uh, it continues to be a book that you have to really focus in on and understand, and and you need to kind of read it all at once because it's such a it's a complex book with multiple multiple layers uh, for sure. And this issue is uh, an, an intriguing examination of the weird concepts we have. All the the Aleph's, uh, you have the Captain Universe character. Uh, what's going on with the builders? I mean, it definitely there's some interesting moments that are occurring here. Uh, it's a good book, and it's a good-looking book, too. Uh, i give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Batman and Two-Face, number 24. Um, so now we're just kind of starting a new arc. Uh, it has the p- potential to be quite interesting, but it's not quite there yet. I give it a 7.5. because Sorry, I don't actually know if I said my review. Um, for Avengers, I gave it an 8 out of 10. So for Batman and Two-Face, it's written by Peter J. Tomasi. I work by Patrick Gleason. Um... I gave it a seven and a half because although it had some really good elements, uh, and obviously it's kind of remaking and and changing the origin of Two Face for the New Fifty Two, I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's definitely a different way of going about it. Um, it definitely this this because Tomasi has a good sense of continuity. He writes this book to exist within the Bat universe, and so he's the fact that Batman Incorporated happened, and you had these bodies on Earth that that happened, and that is referenced here, which is interesting because no one else has referenced that. Um, you have the this new origin of Two Face. You have a, a current uh, uh, issue, or not issue, but you have some stuff happening with the Two Face kind of co- potentially coming out of the woodwork. Because there's something in partic- someone in particular he would want to take out. Um, yeah, Batman kind of getting involved. It could be an interesting Batman Two Face story. Uh, thus far, though, I mean the artwork wasn't at, at its top 
it, it wasn't top-notch work by Gleason, and uh, the work by Tomasi of Os- uh, Abel uh, wasn't his best either, which is why I gave it a 7.5. Uh, next up is Forever Evil Rogue's Rebellion. Uh, this is number one. I gave this an 8. Um, not really sure how I feel about this book existing. Uh, Brian Bugelato does a good job writing. Um, you can kind of, He keeps a cons- relatively consistent tone with how these characters have been written uh, in the Flash book uh, proper. Uh, this is a six-issue miniseries uh, as part of Forever, not Forever Evil. Um, yeah, Forever Evil. I was thinking that that was the month thing, like the that was Villain's Month, as part and not Forever Evil. Forever Evil itself. Um, Brian Bucciolato wrote it. Patrick Zerker did the art. This is not this Patrick Zerker I used to love. Patrick Zerker did some of my favorite issues of Thunderbolts. Back when him and uh, Mark Bagley were kind of alternating here and there. Um, his artwork just isn't the same anymore. Uh, here you have rogues going up against the villains that are being sent against them by um, the crime syndicate. And then at the very end you have, uh, what is it, Deathstorm empowering. So basically the evil Firestorm and the evil uh, Green Lantern going up against the uh, the rogues. It's not a bad rogue story. Um, it definitely highlights what's different about them as from other villains. Um, I think the I probably would have given it more of like an eight or eight or eight, even an eight and a half for the writing. Uh, this the artwork by Zerker not up to snuff to me, or at least not up to his snuff. Like he's he's been better than this. Uh, it was still good, but it just it wasn't it wasn't what it could have been. Uh, next up is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number seven. Ah, Guardians of the Galaxy, your book that frustrates me every month, and I'm going to give you a five. Um, the artwork's by Sarah Pacelli. Uh, it's written by Brian Michael Bendis. Now, the artwork by Sarah Pacelli, this is, and I, I'm actually, I think, either episode 114 or 116 of this podcast, I'm not sure which episode it's going to be yet. Uh, I had a conversation with Paul Scores, who's one of my frequent guests on the show, and we were talking about how, you know, you got these artists and you think you love them and then their work will change when they go from book to book and sometimes it impacts your kind of enjoyment of that, that artist. Um, case in point is uh, we were talking about uh, Ryan Stegman. When he did uh, Scarlet Spider, it was absolutely amazing work. And then when he moved to FF, which is a Fantastic Four story, it just wasn't quite up to the same caliber. And now even when he's doing Superior Spider-Man, it's great stuff, but it's not quite as strong as his Scarlet Spider. And I don't know if it's potentially the inker or the colorist, or maybe he's taking more time on it, or maybe in the in the cases of Superior versus Scarlet, maybe it is... Uh, an issue of, um, you know, he's putting something, he's channeling something different. He's working on achieving a different look uh, because it's a different character. I mean, obviously that's part of it always, but it just his artwork was so strong at Scott Spider, and then it just wasn't quite the same afterwards. So that I feel that way with Sarah Pacelli. Her artwork in Ultimate Spider-Man was just gorgeous, but then her work here in Guardians of the Galaxy leaves a little bit to be desired. It almost looks like Steve McNiven light, and not necessarily in a good way. Um... Still not a fan of 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 Star Lord's look and or Iron Man's look in this book and and Angela being here at all and there's just a lot of exposition that doesn't really go anywhere and I still don't care about Angela as a character. Um, it just it just feels like an awkward issue to set up an Infinity tie-in for next issue. This just isn't for me. Um, I'm gonna give it a five because I just I found it very boring. Um, the artwork is probably the best thing and it's not even the best artwork I've seen from her. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, next up is Hawkeye 13. Now, this I gave a 9 out of 10, and I went back and forth. I was going to give it an 8 or a 9, cause, and I'm, I'm still torn even when I'm thinking about it. But uh, it was a good issue. 
it's kind of an odd issue in terms of its continuity because you're kind of we've seen things happen recently we've seen the pizza dog issue we've seen the issue uh that focused on barney um who's uh clint barton's brother and now we're kind of going back in time a little we're seeing the initial aftermath of grill's death um and what happens and the, the funeral that happens uh how barton is taking it and then we see barton's side of the story where he finally meets up with his brother um it's kind of a sad melancholy issue um it definitely is worth a worthy of a few separate readings uh to really kind of get it all um but it's quite an interesting story as is the case with most of hawkeye's issues um it's not necessarily the writing that is the strongest aspect a lot of it is just the the storytelling uh employed by david aja um obviously that this the the writing is important for how fraction writes hawkeye and his world and the characters around him but a lot of it also is comes down to the art um the way that aja depicts the the struggles of clint clint barton's life like often in other books he seems larger than life um but here he seems very much a man a man who gets it has it's very difficult to run his life he kind of gets in his own way a lot uh he physically gets injured quite a lot because he's doing very dangerous work and he is just a man he's just a human being a very skilled human being but still just a human being uh the bluster and bravado or bravado the the character that is often present in his appearances elsewhere uh in the avengers related books is not here uh this is this is him alone and it's you know it's a kind of a blue issue but uh a stirring one and uh quite an interesting examination of hawkeye as a character um it continues to be a very entertaining book now the downside is that we don't really get a lot of forward movement but uh, that being said it's still such a thrilling read and it's interesting like when you can have such a solid read and yet the plot really doesn't move ahead that forward that all that much but it's still so engrossing that's that is a mark of a good book a good writer and creative team on it um and david aja is the right artist for this book bar none i mean he's just uh turning in some brilliant work i mean he's done some great stuff in the past but i mean there's something about his artwork here that really i've said it before he very much reminds me of david masichelli in the best way possible um but it remains uh, a joy to read uh so that's a nine out of ten for hawkeye i'm gonna go with nine uh hot hunger number four who cares i gave this a five and i felt like i was giving it too high a grade um this is the story of galactus uh basically merging with the galactus galactus swarm uh Filkov does the writing uh, leonard kirk does the artwork uh nothing against both those gentlemen but i think they were kind of um doing an uphill battle you know they're rolling something up a hill you have rick jones suddenly becoming um you know this the merged he's the new captain of marvel uh that being said he's doing things that he he really shouldn't be able to do i just i found this so boring i could not wait for it to end i didn't feel it was that that epic a story to read i don't i just i found i could not wait for it to end i i, I don't need that this galactus works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't and merged with galactus was very dull uh the way that rick jones merged with the the watcher and part captain marvel uh, i found really dull as well this just wasn't what i ever expected um to have to read and i kind of hope that the ultimate marvel universe is careening towards its end because uh it hasn't been that entertaining in a while uh ultimate spider-man has obviously always been the exception but everything else is kind of feels like a mess but i mean i i haven't been reading the ultimates i haven't been reading the ultimate x books so 
maybe it's better than I give it credit for. But if the, all, if this hunger book is any indication, the the line needs to be put out the pasture fast. Um, this is just was not Filkov's best work by any stretch of the imagination. And Leonard Kirk feels like he just kind of got plopped onto this. And uh, they said, yeah, you, you get to illustrate this book. And he said, well, why? And they said, well, we just need someone to do it. And the line's almost over. It felt like an afterthought. Um, he's an artist who's worthy of more than being saddled on a book like this. Um, so I give it a 5 out of 10. Next up is Justice League of America number 8, which is part of the Forever You Old tie-in. Um, I give this a 6, and again, I thought maybe it could have deserved less. Um, I mean, the cover's nice, I mean, but that's about it. Um, it's written by Matt Kint with artwork by Doug Monkey. Doug Monkey does a fairly good job in the art, uh, but I just didn't really feel a lot for the story. It felt, it, we're just kind of going through the motions. It, it felt like we weren't really seeing anything that important. Um, it was just like, you know, Martian Manhunter going through this prison and kind of seeing how the members of the Justice League are all kind of being cap- have been captured and what they're going through in this weird mental prison, which may or may not be really close to where they started basically um or near washington anyway uh i just found this really tedious um because it it just kept it kept feeling like we weren't really progressing but we were just seeing the same thing over and over again for each hero and after a certain level i was just kind of like really like I'm, i'm just done like stop um it loses its impact when i have to see every hero their their you know their quote unquote torture their imprisonment their whatever price they've had to pay some of them were more, you know kind of interesting but again like it was just the same story beat over and over again martian manhunter had no personality and again i feel like they're trying to write them like the martian manhunter um pre new 52 and not the new 52 version who's much more detached and doesn't give a damn or at least half the time is written that way i don't know it's very frustrating um i just and it doesn't because they don't want to really move any pieces along and they don't want to disturb the apple card of the story that forever evil is actually telling they're not really giving you anything new then maybe at the very end you kind of get a, a glimmer of them actually going somewhere with it but then they don't actually do it um moving on um we have so that's a six out of ten i probably should have given it a five you know what? forget forget let's give it a five uh next up is new avengers number 11 uh i gave this a seven and a half out of ten i didn't give it this high as a as an as the avengers book um the hickman writes uh technically speaking the pieces are all there you got artwork by mike diodato you got it written by jonathan hickman and yet somehow i wasn't really as entrenched in this story something about it didn't quite work i mean it was still interesting but i got it's probably the focus on the uh, thanos's forces i don't find them that interesting um I, I think that's where they lost me a little because uh, i don't i it's just over and over again seeing all the, all these weird characters and then you also have the illuminati going basically in another universe and at the same time as thanos kind of going to wakanda and finding out uh, what was being hidden from others in terms of what the Illuminati had been doing. Um, it's interesting. I just think there's... I was expecting more, I guess, is what it comes down to. Uh, it's still entertaining, though. I mean, at the end at the end of the day, it's still a Jonathan Hickman, Mike Diodato book, and it, nothing's going to look more gorgeous than that. So I give it a 7.5. Uh, next up is Superior Spider-Man, number 19. This was a, a rollicking fun adventure. <laughs> uh, I gave it a... Four, um, a 9 out of 10. Uh, I really liked it. Now, that being said, 
as much as I enjoyed it, the opening, I was like, what is going on with Wraith and Carly Cooper suddenly like a badass? Uh, that part felt very disconnected for everything else. Uh, from there, we get, you know, kind of the culmination of what's been going on with Horizon Labs. You have uh, the superior Spider-Man trying to access more of uh, Spider-Man's memories. And, he's, and now, obviously, the implication here is that there's this panel of someone throwing, like, in the, in the silhouette throwing, I guess, Mindscape pieces out and seeming like he's escaping. And obviously the insinuation is that that is Peter Parker in the buried in the memories that uh, Otto stole. Uh, he's still in there. I mean, that's the implication anyway, that what was thought lost is actually still there. Um, and uh, Doc Ock has to figure out a way to, you know, kind of write the timeline. And it's hard because he's not Peter and he has to figure out another way to do it. And... Uh, he saves the timeline, but uh, Miguel O'Hara is not able to go back to his time, so he's going to be in the present as uh, Michael O'Mara. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he's going to actually be Spider-Man at all. I, I hope so because that'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah, and there's a you have Peter, you know, continuing to kind of be a jerk and uh, not talk to anyone else around him. Basically, um, you have. Um, Horizon Labs kind of going and out in international waters to kind of continue their work, uh, and you have, you know, Carly Cooper finally getting some proof that um, the, the, everything that's gone to Spider Island, uh, the all the, uh, the, uh, the the manpower, the vehicles, the scientific equipment, it's all been bankrolled basically from a secret bank account of Otto Octavius, and that's kind of her smoking gun that something really is going on. Uh, the next issue is going to be uh, the return of the Black Cat, and that should be interesting to see how Black Cat plays with Superior Spider-Man. Hopefully it's not that uncomfortable, but I feel like it will be, because that's what Slot's kind of been saying, that he's going to do some weird, uncomfortable things. Um, anyways, I really enjoyed this. It was a really fun adventure. Um, I never read a lot of 2099 back when it was still relevant coming out, but um, the character's interesting. The costume is pretty awesome. Um, it's held up fairly well. I don't think any of the other 2099 costumes really held up that well, but Spidey's did. Um, I hope we get to see more of him in the future. <laughs> get it? Future? He's no, never mind. That's a horrible joke. Uh, I gave it a nine out of ten. I really dug it. And our last book is Uncanny X Men thirteen. Uh, this is the most recent chapter of the Battle of the Atom Storyline, which continues to roll along. I do like that we get a chapter every week, so it really moves everything around quickly. I mean, we've had a lot of chapters, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it because. You know, the event isn't taking a long time to go, even though this is chapter eight. Um, I, I, overall, I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. It's not the cleanest chapter. It's getting a little bit more convoluted and crazy uh, as things progress. Um, the the artwork goes a little bit a little bit crazier here, but I do like certain elements having uh, Molly Hayes and uh, Colossus have a knockdown through uh, drag out fight. Um, you know the idea here that perhaps they can't send them back to the, the, the their past anymore. That's kind of a cool idea. Um, I, overall, I like the storyline. I think it's going to be really cool to uh, to see how it all kind of comes together and, and, and ends eventually, um, and also to see where they go from here. Uh, I think that's the big question. Is look, what do they do next? The next chapter is in Wolverine: The X Men Thirty Seven, which is Chapter Nine, and then after that, you have the uh, Another uh, the bookend basically, which is the Battle of the Atom number two special. Uh, I gave this a seven and a half. Um, the artwork is a little much at times. It's not always the most coherent, and that's kind of what I think I 
prevented it from being more of an 8 out of 10 kind of book. Uh, but I liked it. I mean, Bendis has a, a good hold on what he's trying to tell here. Um, the artwork is pretty enjoyable by Bacalo, although at times, as I said, it gets away from him a little. I do like the ridiculous mustache and Colossus. I think it just looks perfect. Something about it just makes me chuckle. Um, but it's good. And uh, what else came out this week? I think that's everything. Uh, oh, no. Um, we also had X-Men, which was, I guess, Chapter 8. And now that I look at it, I think I... I sorry, Chapter 7. Uh, now that I look at it, I think I just realized that I missed a chapter. No, I, I read this. You know, this is that book. Okay, I think this actually came out the week before. So for some reason, I had it in my list of things that came out this week, but it didn't. Um, sorry about that, everybody. I'm all over the place. Anyways, that is every book that we have, because X-Men came out last week, although I didn't do an episode, and that's why I don't remember talking about it. So, the books I didn't get a chance to look at. A plus X uh, number 13, which I believe it just got confirmed as being cancelled. Uh, it's going to be ending soon, which, you know, I think it lasted longer than I expected anyway. Uh, Animal Man 24, Avengers Assemble 20, Batman 66 number 4, Batman Beyond Universe 3, Batman Superman 4, Batwoman number 24, Birds of Prey 24, Cable and X-Force 15, Fables number 134, Fantastic Four 13, which is also ending soon, Green, Green Lantern New Guardians 24. I skipped it because I didn't read the issue before it. I think there was an issue before it that's part of Lights Out, and I didn't want to skip anything, and I didn't have time to go back, so that's why I didn't get a chance to look at it this time around. Uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, number 7. Indestructible Hulk special, number 1. Uh, I was reading online, and I saw some good things actually said about the uh, the other special, the old new X-Men special. Nothing, I don't know. I, I originally thought about reading it, but when I saw that it was by a, a nobody creative team, it made me feel like it's going to be less important to... You know any future storylines, which may be an erroneous assumption, but it's kind of born out of fact, uh, or at least previous facts that have been that would buoy that uh, so, um, that uh, assumption. Um, also, that came out that I didn't get a chance to talk about was Justice League of America's Five Number Eight, Legends of the Dark Knight Thirteen, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man Number Nineteen. Red Hood and the Outlaws 24, Supergirl 24, Trinity of Sin Pandora number 4, Wolverine Max number 12, Wonder Woman number 24, and X-Men Legacy number 18, which has also been announced that it's ending as well. Uh, if you want to like us on Facebook, you can. You can also um, post in our HC Realms threads that we put up, or you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Um, upcoming episodes include episode 112, which will be coming out either on the 23rd or 24th of October, and that will be a focus on... Talking Hero Clicks with uh, Nathan Strzok when I recorded an episode on Friday the 18th, so that'll be a, a fun episode to listen to. Um, also, episode, I believe there's going to be either another Talking Hero Clicks episode for 114, or it's going to be an episode called the All New Spotlight on uh, the All New Marvel Now, which I'll be doing with uh, Paul Scores. It's already been recorded, it recorded it this past Sunday, and as I said, it's either going to be uh, episode um, 114, Sorry, yeah, 114 or 116, so it's either going to be coming out on Wednesday the 30th or November the, I don't know, 6th, I think. Uh, anyways, if you have any ideas for future episodes you'd like to hear or, or certain topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please let me know and I'll try and get them in future episodes, um, especially comic-related. We've been, I think, leaning a little hard and talking to Heracles lately, partially because those seem to be the most popular episodes we put out, but also 
Um, I've, I've, it looks like I'm going to have more and more opportunities to do episodes with Paul Scores, so I'd like to have some good topics that I can talk about with him that are comic-related, because uh, he does, for the most part, follow current comics still more than Nathan Strzok does, so it'd be a good opportunity at any rate. Um, anyways, that's our episode. This has been episode 111. Uh, thank you for downloading, and uh, we will see you next time for episode 112, Talking Heroclix. I'm Adam Chapman, your host, signing off. Bye-bye. <laughs>